yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the show. It's Jessica, and I have an incredible chat with my new friend, Dawn Rivers, to share with you today. We talk all about Dawn's incredible journey from finding her first yoga teacher in a Rodney video tape, VHS, my friends, if you're not familiar, <laughs> look it up. She found her first yoga class and first teacher in this tape. And we go all the way through her journey in finding yoga in later portions of her life and how it really filled her up and how she decided that she wanted to take a leap from her job as a librarian to opening up her own studio in Ohio. And it is a crazy journey. It's full of triumph and tribulation and all the things in between. I know that you're going to love it because we talk about all the things we need to know in building resiliency in a business, especially in our industry. And I know that you're going to love Dawn. So let's take a listen. Hey, Dawn, how are you? I am great. Thank you. So glad to see you and hear you and hang out with you this afternoon for this chat. Thanks. Absolutely. I'm excited. Um, I've been listening to your podcast, so I'm ready to see what happens with our discussion today. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for listening and just, you know, share, sharing your space and time with, with me and, and all the incredible guests and, and the listeners. It's a, it's a little virtual community that we've got going here. So mm. thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, I'm glad that we're getting to catch up a little bit today because I know you have a super interesting story and all the things as you've woven in into uh in your on your journey uh in the past couple of years especially so i can imagine so tell us a little bit about you okay well i'm dawn m rivers the founder and owner of daybreak yoga it's a yoga studio in bedford ohio it's about 25 minutes southeast of downtown cleveland so today there's snow outside i don't know where in the world you're living but it snowed oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like Ooh. Um, but prior to being a full-time entrepreneur, I was a school librarian for 20 years, a library teacher. So I did that. And then I was like, oh, let's try this full-time entrepreneur thing. Ah! And yeah, so it's been since 2019. So I'm fresh still kind of as a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I have two adult children. My son lives on the West coast. My daughter lives on the East coast. I'm in the Midwest and yeah. That's, that's my story. So cool. So, wow. I mean, there's so many similarities to the world that you're in, just from, you know, teaching is just obviously at the core of your heart. And now you're, you're just teaching adults in different ways. So <laughs> that's super cool. Right. So, you know, it's interesting because um, when I started to leave libraries and going to full-time, I had my own like vision statement. I thought my purpose or my dharma was to help people use resources and information to make um, better life choices. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm not doing that anymore. And one of my um, former boyfriends, not, not like I had a lot. So <laughs> former boyfriend, let me just say it that way. He was like, no, you're still doing it. You're still helping people make good choices and decisions based on resources and information. And I said, oh, okay. So that made me know, like, when you have a purpose or a dharma, you can't really, you might go around the bend and up and down a hill and through the valley and, and through, you know, like the desert, the rainforest, and you get back to the purpose. And so I'm there. I'm still helping people make good choices and decisions based on information and resources. Ooh, that is so good. I'm glad he kind of sh shined a light on, on the real truth that you've not gotten away from your, your path or your dharma of sharing that. It's so yeah, incredible. Yeah. So cool. All right. So everyone's got one. Tell me your yoga story. How did you get into yoga? Okay. Yeah, we all got one. So mine starts with a VHS tape 
1999. Love it. Yes. Some people don't know what that is. Those millennials and whatever the new generation thing is called. So <laughs> um, because I was a school librarian, my kids and I would go to the library for fun. I know. Don't don't laugh at me. <laughs> so I saw a tape of Rodney Yee. I call him Rodney Yee, the OG. And he was like sitting in a field of grass, looking very peaceful. And I was like, I need some peace. My life, my life was kind of stressed and unhappy. So I got it. Played the videos in my basement and did that for a couple of years. Watched PBS. We had a morning yoga show. I would do that. And then that spun into taking yoga at a local gym. That was really cool. I did that for some time. I was like, oh, okay, this is great. I get to practice with other people. But a gym is cold, right? Because they don't want to turn up the heat because people don't want to sweat. So whatever. Um, then hot yoga started to become a thing here in the greater Cleveland area. And I was like, hot yoga? What is that? So I saw a postcard. It was like one of those offers. A week of unlimited yoga for $15. I was like, I got $15. I'll go on spring break and whoa. So the first class I took was intermediate because by then I was taking yoga for seven years. Uh, whatever. When people started to float and hover and levitate and jump up into handstands and poof, fall down. I mean, like going to Chaturanga, I literally rolled up my mat and was like, uh, -uh I'm out of here. And my teacher friend, she was like, no, 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 just stay. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. What are they doing? And she said, it's okay. And I always say this in every interview that reminded me, that reminds me of like what it feels like to be in a space that's new, uncomfortable, different, and you think you can't do something. So I try to be like she was accommodating and say, stay. So after that, I took classes every day. The owner, she would teach a 90 minute class, 90 degrees, I would love it, come home, take a nap for two and a half hours, go again, maybe in the evening, the next day, I just was all over it. Then that summer, they had a special offer since I was a school librarian, I had my summers off. So I did like six weeks, practice two, three times a day, um, five to seven days a week. And they were like, do you wanna be a karma yogi? I was like, what does that mean? They told me if I clean the studio, and the bathrooms and help the teachers out. I get free classes. I was like, I'm about that free life. So I did that like two, three times a week um, for about three years. And then I was a desk yogi at this studio for five years. And during that time, there were like um, tons of yoga students going in and out, becoming teachers. And I was like, hmm, maybe I could be a yoga teacher. But I was going through a divorce and I kept putting it off. And I was like, not this year, not this year. Um, so in 2012, I was like, nope, this time. So that coming June, January, sorry, I started five months, did the training, became a 200-hour um, certified yoga teacher in May 2013. So that's my story. And it goes on forever, right? Like, that's just yeah. the first training. And that was just the first training. Yeah. Like right. the, but wow, like, that's so cool. I, I just love that story where you as you were kind of joking, taking the kids to the library for fun. I'm also, that was, that was what I did too. So I'm, we're in good company. Um, but like, just, it's so cool that that was your first experience. This is a VHS tape and then PBS, you know, really like, where could you find opportunities to practice? And it's like, there weren't no, a lot. There weren't a lot. No, not in 1999, early two thousands. It was weird. Yoga was for weird people. And then I found out that I am a weird person myself, strange and peculiar, different and peculiar, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I found my tribe. <laughs> yes, it's so true. I was like, I, I mean, I, I'm weird too. I, I feel like probably everyone who's listening has had that story where they're like, mm -hmm. I just kind of don't feel like I fit in. I'm a little right. bit weird. And then right. finally you land. Yeah. Yoga. No, yoga was literally the place that became a second church to me. I would pray. I cried. Um, other people were going through some of the same things as me. It's, you know, like yoga is this neutralizer. It helps you like even out. Well, it should to me, even out the differences. It makes us all the same as people. 
And there were lots of other women around my age who were going through transitions in life. Either they were uh, separated, divorced, their kids were going off to college. They were starting new things in their lives. And I was just like, well, I don't know what to do next. I was 42. It's like, I don't, what, what do you do with this? And there was community built in, which was so important. And I would invite friends and they were like, no, Dawn, that's your thing. That's, that yoga thing is your thing. And so it was okay because I hung out with these people at the studio. We went to parties and concerts, had dinner together, went to Kirtan, whatever. So there were other people just like me. And I felt, I felt seen and heard. I felt good. Mm, I can so resonate with that. There's there, they kind of become an, another part of your family. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, so you're all about community. You're all about family and yoga. So naturally, yeah. you're opening a studio. Tell us about it. Okay, that wasn't natural. So <laughs> the thing is, so in yoga teacher training, our um, our uh, like head teacher, she owned the studio and she had us do like a one year, five year and 10 year goals. And I was like, in one year, I'm teaching at the studio. Well, that didn't work out which was okay. I taught at the YMCA's all over Cleveland. Um, I started to create this like yoga brand called Daybreak Yoga, which was kind of like a spin on this other side hustle I had called Daybreak Services, where I would help people research, write papers, you know, because I was a librarian. I was like, well, what do you do? And while I was, (laughs) I know, while I was in uh, the yoga training, I was like, well, I wanted to create something that had to do with my spiritual walk. I'm Christian. Some of the things that I've been um, experiencing, I wanted to wrap it around with yoga. So that's how Daybreak Yoga came. And then I was like, well, in five years, I'm going to open up my yoga studio. In 10 years, I'm going to do this and this and this. So I got busy. I was teaching all over the city. I had private clients at my house. Anybody needed a yoga teacher, it was Dawn. Here I am. Here I am. Um, I found this space in the back of a martial arts studio. I rented that space for almost two years. And this was like early social media. So Facebook was my friend. Facebook is not necessarily people's friends anymore, but I used it and people came. Um, And this was when you would print out flyers and postcards and put them on people's cars. I tell folks, I was that woman. They were under people's, you know, windshield wiper blades, at the store, at the salon, at a boutique, anybody, a church, I'm passing out cards. Hey, hey, hey. And so I started to think, well, I have a following. Maybe I can open up a yoga studio. My mom had a stroke um, where she has some vision issues. So I moved in with her since my kids are, they're both grown, grown and gone. And we were walking around kind of near her house. And I was like, maybe I could open up a yoga studio here. So it took another several months um, and I signed the lease in around August 25th, 2018. And when I was sitting there signing the lease, I was like, oh my God, it's been five years. I wrote this down in May, 2013, that in five years I was gonna open up my yoga studio. So I tell people, and not just words, cause that's a spiritual bypass. Let us not just say, oh, you can easily make it happen. Absolutely not. You heard me say, I taught everywhere, east side, west side, north side, in the country, in the grass, in people's basements, in my apartment, in a wherever. I did the work to make people know that I was serious about it. And it's still work. It's transition. Change is work. It's not, it's, it's new. It's, it's not just like, oh, I blink my eyes and here it is. No. No, because that would be unfair to say that to anybody. Oh, just believe it. Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's certainly a little bit more than that. (laughs) Well, I mean, but you know, like we read books, we watch shows, we listen to podcasts and people just say, well, I, I really, you know, like I made it happen. Um, that's, that's fair. Some people can make it just happen, but I, I didn't have a trust fund. I was a divorced single mother. My, my son was in college. I had tons of debt. I had to 
Um, there were some issues with my credit from my, my former marriage. I had all of these obstacles. It didn't just happen. I had to use my own savings. I had to crowdfund. Yeah. So that's why community is important because when I needed to get my sign above the um, storefront, it was a $1,500 like sign. And I was like, oh my God, I got to pay another thing. I paid all this rent, <laughs> paid to, to paint, you know, like floors to get uh, yoga props. And now I got to get a sign that costs $1,500. So one of my friends who's also an entrepreneur, she just told me to ask. And I was like, uh, I'm not real good at asking for help. Um, but when I did, I put it on social media. Facebook, again, was my friend at the time. Within moments, bing, somebody gave me $50. Bink, another, another. So with less than 24 hours, the sign was funded because of community. Because people saw, I was on my knees crying. I was like, uh, uh, ugly cry. That folks believed enough in my dream that they wanted to help fund my dream. And it continues to happen. I had this past summer, um, last year, around this time, I was doing a crowdfunding campaign for this branded yoga mat. And that's a different story for a different day. If y'all want to talk about business, I learned a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, what am I doing? Um, so I had this branded cork yoga mat from Portugal and my campaign was to raise $10,000. Right before the campaign, maybe three weeks in, I got a kidney infection that put me under for three weeks. I had delirium. I was in excruciating, debilitating pain. I was on so many antibiotics. I was hospitalized twice. They couldn't figure it out. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to fund this campaign. It got funded while I was sick because of community. Wow. Yes. Wow. And all of that for two things, A, you got started and B, you opened your palms and practiced receiving. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> help me, help me. Oh no. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Like that's, there's, that's just so powerful. Like your story is incredible that you, aside from all the adversity, you're just like, I see all of this. And today I'm going to show up today. I'm going to take that class that's out in the country in the grass. And then tomorrow I'm going to be on the other side of town teaching yep. here and there and anywhere printing mm -hmm. flyers, telling people how to get yoga, which you yep. believe so deeply in. Exactly. It's incredible. Exactly. I, I remember one time early on before I opened the studio, um, I would teach yoga. So in Cleveland, we have this, this kind of like divide. It's a river that divides the east side from the west side. And I live on the south side. So I drove to the west side to teach yoga early in the morning. Then I drove to the east side, far east side, to teach yoga at another um, hour. And then I drove to the space where I was renting the yoga studio. So I would teach three classes before one o'clock in the morning because sometimes that's what you do it's just not this magic thing like oh if you build it they'll come <laughs> I was like well plus I had to find my voice and this is one of the things that I tell the people that I train is you have to practice teaching so you know who you are as a teacher in the beginning, I was like, oh, everybody can do power yoga. Come on, let's jump up into a handstand. Let's do a side crow. Let's do all this and that. And they were looking at me like, Dawn, you, well, you're crazy. We can't do this. And I was like, sure you can. And this was my mindset that because of the style of yoga I was trained in, which was power vinyasa, no. And I didn't realize there were other styles of yoga until, like you said, Jessica, many trainings later. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's more um, <laughs> that that was being unfair. And again, that's another type of spiritual bypass to think that you're going to fit into the space that I created for you. And to me, because I say everybody can do yoga, meaning there is a way for you to fit in. 
and we can make yoga fit you instead of making you fit yoga and then really marginalizing people even more because so many people have told me they're like oh no I left a studio because I'm this or I'm that or they felt they made me feel this way and I was like never as much as I can I will never do that if I do it tell me so I can make a correction mm-hmm. yes oh my goodness I'm I'm so glad that not only you continue to teach and it has rippled out into you know your amazing studio and the teachers that you're training because you're you're carrying this message on it's like we need more of this we need more of this message and we need more teachers. If you're going into that 200 hour and you think that you want to teach, you've got to teach because as you said, you've got to find your voice and it's not your teacher's voice. It's not your YTT best friend's voice. And no. you might sound like them at first and that's yeah. okay, yeah. but you have to get the stuff out. The water needs to run clear and Ooh. that's not going to happen if you don't teach. The water needs to run clear. Okay, drop those gems. I like that one. Yes. So the water didn't run clear for a long time. For a long time. And also in the beginning, I only practiced at that same studio for almost 10 years. The only time I would take a different teacher or I should say different studio is if I traveled. But I didn't go anywhere here in town, which was unfortunate for my growth because I wasn't available in my spirit to hear more and different things. Um, So when I left the studio, when I stopped being a a desk yogi and started to branch out, I was like, oh, there's so much more. There's so much more. And then as I read more, as I um, became more intentional, as they say, because I was in 20, late 2016, early 2017, when I jumped on Instagram, because back then it was different again than it is now in such a short time. But Mm -hmm. I was intentional looking for yogis of color because I'm an African-American woman. I was like, well, where are the the people who look like me? There weren't very many. I was one of few over, you know, 10 years in in spaces. Mm -hmm. So once I found them, I got on planes, I got in my car, And I went to where they were and I heard things differently. And I heard these stories and I said, you know what? I'm a part of the problem. I'm a part of the problem because again, if somebody came to my class and I'm saying, sure, you can, you can do this. Just try harder. What the hell? Who am I? Who am I? So yeah, that's, that's when things started to flip. And then I had, um, some health issues, which change my, you know, of course, God will sit you down. We're like, you think you got it? Try this one on Dawn. So God <laughs> sat me down, sat me down for a few months. And all I could do was be quiet. And this is when I started my um, practice of going offline. And I don't do it as much as I used to, but I would do between 24 and 78 hours of no media no TV, no GPS, no radio, nothing. And I would have a book and a piece of paper and I would write and read and think and got clarity um, for my vision because there's too many distractions. And this is, this is more than just, it was more than just um, meditating and I shouldn't diminish meditation because that's not what I mean. I was actively um, listening while awake, while, while being in the world, I was looking and seeing and hearing and having fuller conversations with people. So I could be a better person, at least, you know, the person that I thought I should be with my family, with my colleagues, because I was still working, um, with the people I I was teaching yoga with and two, um, and that helped me to see that the path that I was going down was, um, the same. It was a path that other people had created, and that's not who I was, bit, you know, born to be. I wasn't born to to go down the same path as other people. Mm. Uh, I well, one, I love the going offline that you just mentioned. Like that's so powerful, and I think 
um, at least it's been my experience is the more that I've delved into my practice, the more I realize how sensitive I am to media, IG, all of the, like just the sheer amount of stuff that's come coming at us. Yeah. Every single day. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you, you made that your, basically your meditation, your mindfulness. So you could get more clarity on where it is that you were headed. That wasn't exactly the path. It's like you were headed off in a different direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just revisited that this year, 2022 came in with a vengeance for me. Um, Our yoga studio experienced a flood at the end of 2021, right at the end of December. And I was like, wait, what? So we were closed. We were going to have a a quick, short closing for some renovations, but we were closed for three weeks. And I was right in the middle of yoga teacher training. We didn't have a space. It was like all these things were hitting me. And I was in shock. And I think I went into a depression. And again, nothing is um, coincidental or just, you know, happenstance. A friend who actually, she was the first person to donate to the yoga sign. She sent me a text like, hey, how are you? And I was like, well, not too good. And she said, I think you should read this book called Vibrate Higher Daily, Vibrating Higher Daily by Layla Delia. And I was like, oh, I heard of that. And I was like, okay. So she sent me like, you know, the image and um, I bought the book. It came, I put it on my nightstand. I didn't read it. Then one terrible night, I'm crying at two o'clock in the morning and cannot sleep. And I open up this book. I said, oh, why did I forget who I was? So one of the quotes is, she remembered who she was and the game changed. And when I closed the book, I was like, God, I need help. I cannot do this on my own. And I was like, I will be going. I think that was a Tuesday. I promised myself that weekend I was going to rest. So we had yoga in the morning. I didn't teach. I didn't have any music, anything like that. I was like, guys, I'm about to go offline. So this is the last time I'm online until Monday. And I stayed in my studio. I didn't have any classes or training that day. Laid on the floor and cried and cried and cried and slept. I slept, Jessica, I slept for hours. I was exhausted. Um, and things were clearing up, boom, 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 boom. So much clarity happened. I was writing notes after notes after note. I was reading my Bible. I was reading, um, some things that I've written in my journal and because I was quiet and I was still, so in the book, Vibrating Higher Daily, she talks about this fog and I call it the February fog that I was in because when you're in a fog, you cannot see. And I am a type of person who sees the plan. So um, daybreak yoga, I've always been able to see it. I could vision it. Um, I even drew it out. I want it to look good, feel good, smell, smell good. I wanted people to feel like it was a place for them, all this stuff. But this February, I couldn't see. So I don't know if you know this movie called The Fog. It was a scary movie from back in the day. <laughs> where these creatures came out of the fog and would like kill people and they're like zombies or something and so the fogs can be scary because you don't know what's like how far something is if you're driving if there's somebody in front of you if you're coming to like a curb or or a pothole or whatever so in the fog she says rest do nothing until the fog clears And I hadn't even really gotten to that part in the book, but I knew I needed to rest. And so that day I was reading and I was like, oh, she calls them metaphorical terrain. So that metaphorical terrain was where I was. There was no clarification for a long time until I took the time to rest. I nursed myself again, and then it started to come back. And I remember telling my, um, what she called the, interior designer. I said, I don't, I don't know. She was like, well, what color do you want to paint the wall? I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do for the floors and, and this and that? And I said, I don't know. And it's scary because I can't see. I don't have not one image in my mind. 
And that's what happens when you're overworked, which is the other side of entrepreneurship that the grind sounds like it's fun. It's not because if you grind things down, it becomes dusty. And if you grind down your bones and the joints are gone, you have no fluid in between, no connective tissue, you get arthritis and pain. You might have to have a replacement. So don't grind people. Don't do it. I love that. It's a lie. It's a lie. Rest. For sure. Mm, Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so many wonderful gems and lessons from everything that you've just shared. It's, it's so true because I think we live, especially in this IG, TikTok, et cetera, world that we're in, we just see these beautifully curated shots or these gorgeous, quick little 15 second videos touring around the studio and yogis are just flowing and the music is pumping and the money is coming in and it looks so easy. And it's like, yes, of course you want of course, everyone's like idealizing that or they're mm-hmm. like, or maybe it's not even they're like, well, I could never do that because I'm yeah. a real human who has emotions and needs to rest. So they're like, I guess I'll never have a yoga studio. So I love that you're sharing the like the reality of it all. It's not all like roses and sunshine and floating on a lotus every single day. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And you've been through a pandemic, you've been through a flood, you've been through it all. And, you know, personally, professionally. So how's it going now? Where, where, how have you come out of the fog? So to speak. So when I came out of the fog, I turned my phone back on, Um, but you know, all the messages come through. And one was a like a, a personal situation. And that was one of the things that was heavy on me. And that got kind of uh, situated or fixed. Then there was money issues, of course. And that, that got everything that I had spent so much energy angsting over, I guess that's the word, you know, putting all of my energy in this negative space. When I was able to rest, it was released. And it was magical because things started to change. Um, And folks who signed up for my next yoga teacher training, which started maybe another 10 days after I got out of the the weekend of being offline, um, I have folks that came from social media. They weren't like folks in my studio, regular basis, you know, like taking classes. And I was like, who are all these people? So I, yeah, I had a, I have a class of eight people of, um, well, they're all African-Americans, but seven are women and one is a man and they all like came. And I said, whoa, what? Because I, I turned stuff off. I need to do that. <laughs> it's so crazy. I love that. <laughs> so that happened. And this group is fantastic. They, it brings me so much joy, so much joy to share with people who want to be yoga teachers. It fills me up. Um, I continue to edit and create new pathways with this, with my manual and other ideas. So that happened. I got new teachers because I lost some teachers, but new ones I hired. Um, My yoga retreat sold out. Um, We are creating a yoga festival, a Yogis of Color yoga festival. So things, yeah. And I have to remind myself. So what's her name? Laura Castle. She was on your yoga and yes. your um, podcast. So I signed up to have a, a, a session with her because I was so interested. I was like, wait, what is this? Horse She's going? magic. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she read me. She was like, you are a Virgo, which I am. And, and she was like, I don't think you need my help. And I was like, well, it's always shiny on the outside. It's a little dull on the inside. And she said, that's definitely a Virgo trait. <laughs> And I was like, I get it. Um, But as that Virgo, I have to give myself grace. I don't always do that. I give other people grace. I encourage them to give themselves grace. We journal, we meditate on grace, but I don't always do that for me. And I have to be reminded because when I do give myself grace, when I allow myself to be human, to rest, then the magic comes back. The manifestation happens because 
God can't give you something when your hands are closed. Because I even, when my stress level is high, I wake up and my left fist is clenched. And the left side is your feminine side. It's your, your Lakshmi. It's your, it's this energy of abundance if you open it up, right? It's the, the um, creative side. And when that is closed, I can't receive. So I have a physical thing that happens. I have an energetic thing, a spiritual thing, <laughs> a soulful thing. And I have to remind myself. So I call yoga your own growing awareness, Y-O-G-A. The more that I practice yoga, which is my lifestyle for my lifetime, I have to continue to grow in my awareness. Like, oh, oh yeah. And I have to go back to a practice. That's why I tell people it's never perfection. It's never done. It's continuous. It becomes familiar, but it's never ending. And we have these, this is from Don Miguel Ruiz. We have these agreements that we have grown up in and they're so entrenched as samskaras, right? They're entrenched in our bodies and our spirit and our soul so much so that they're comfortable, which is unfortunate. There's this, we'll go back to the comfort of this discomfort because it's familiar and we forget the lessons, we forget the growth and we have to go through the transformation again, which is reminding us of who we were in the first place. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes. Here, like being a human is really not for the faint of heart, <laughs> especially a yogi human with all this awareness and all the humanness happening at the same time. So oh, just, I love what you had to say too. It's just like um, the, the physical aspect of when you're feeling closed off or blocked mm -hmm. in any way, the energetic aspect and using all of your, your yoga, your lifestyle to get, to get clear, to be aware of what's happening when it's happening. Yeah. All of it, all of it. And so this is why um, we have to be in community. My friend, her name is Latoya, that sent me that text for the book. She and I did a 21-day gratitude last year. Or was it 2020? Because, you know, we're in this, this time warp. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 2020. Um, yeah, it was. It was 2020. Because, and I reached out to several people saying, well, you do this 21-day um, gratitude meditation with me. And she said, yes, not everybody does, or they would fall off for 21 days. She and I would send messages to each other saying what we're grateful for. There is huge power, even if it's so small. I'm grateful for the clean sheets on my bed, right? I am grateful for, for this cool water in my glass, whatever it is. And that reminder of gratitude will create pathways. It will because you'll be more aware. And so in a, I guess, probably a scientific kind of way, if you're focusing on gratitude, you're not focusing on being ungrateful. And then you can see more things um, to help you be successful, right? If, if you're If you're focusing on how hard it is, because I used to say that, and I have a story about this lady who had a spiritual bookstore when I was walking around with my mom, looking at different spaces for this yoga studio. And I was telling this lady, I was a, an entrepreneur and I was like, it's hard. She was like, no, it's not hard. I said to her, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> How can you tell me it's hard? And she was like, no, it's just new. So that's what I tell people. It's not hard, it's new because it is. And when something is new, we have to put more energy into learning how to master it. Mm. So if we pause and we're grateful, we will start to see every, this world, Google is free, YouTube is free. Libraries in most parts of the country are free as well. You don't even have to buy a book. You can borrow it for free, electronically or physically, and find your answers. Isn't that incredible? The, the 
day and age that we live in and get yes. to be entrepreneurs. And it's yes. like, it's literally at our fingertips. It's we have literally, yes, we have to go get it. <laughs> we have, have to go, get, go it. get it. <laughs> we have to get it. Yes, for sure. Jessica, we have to get it. But if we are focusing on so much of, I can't get it, I can't do it, then you're not open to say, well, like this morning, um, I went on to YouTube because I said, well, I know there's got to be a way to do this and this and this on a couple of different um, software programs. Everybody has done something. <laughs> it was on the YouTube. <laughs> and I said, oh, there it is. So isn't that incredible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just literally at our fingertips. And and, the, and that's also too, I think sometimes I, I, I wonder as women entrepreneurs that we are, well, we were talking about not being so excited about accepting help or asking mm -hmm. questions maybe even. And it's almost like, if you're looking for that information, you find it, it's like validation that someone else has also had that very same question. That's true. Yeah. And they took the time to answer it for you because it was that That's important. true. Wow. I didn't think about it. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So cool. So cool. Okay. So your story is incredible. You have, you've been all over and you've learned and you've struggled and you've won and you've just had this incredible experience. So if you could go back at any point and give yourself some advice at any phase of your career, what would you mm -hmm. say to yourself? My dad was an entrepreneur and he since passed away. He's been gone for a while now, but he would say, you need to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, nah, dad, my paycheck is this and this and this on the first and the 16th of the month. I would tell myself to face everything and rise, which is the letters and fear and take a chance. Because by the time that I decided to take a chance on myself, I was 50. I was 50 when I resigned. Where would I be if I took a chance when yoga first came into my life? Even if I was like at 42 when I, when I finished my yoga teacher training and I took a chance then. Take a chance. Oh. There's a net. I did, um, when I was 42, I had this list, 42 things for my 42nd year was all for me about getting away from fear. I was visiting my daughter a few weeks, no, a few years before she had done flying trapeze lessons. And I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so she dropped me off, went to work or whatever. And I had to climb up this pole, I guess, to get to the platform 50 feet in the air. And the platform is just hanging out over nothing, right? There's a, there's a net, but it's way down below. They send this trapeze to you. You have to stand on the ledge. One hand is holding on to something behind you, but you have to reach your other hand out and time it to grab onto the swinging trapeze and then release the thing that's behind you and take the other hand. So both hands are on the flying trapeze and leave the net. I mean, leave the platform. The net is 50 feet below you, but it's still there. You have to take that chance. And if you fall, the net is there. And plus I was belayed and you know, all that kind of stuff. But we don't even leave the platform. We don't even leave the ground to come up, to go up the 50 feet. So if I would have, and I don't regret it, but I just wonder, it's like, whoa. So face everything and rise. That's actually one of um, the modules in my yoga teacher training. <laughs> uh, and if you had, if you had gone back, or if you could travel in time and change things, mm -hmm. maybe that wouldn't be part of what you're sharing with your teachers and now they have that lesson. So it's like, it, of course, we all have these things. It's like, oh, I wish it would have been this way or that. But yeah. it's a part of the story that we're yeah. talking about right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. This has just been so, so wonderful. So, okay. What kind of cool <laughs> stuff do you have coming up? Like, how can we hang out with you <laughs> no matter where we are in the world? <laughs> no matter where you are in the world, um, we are all connected on social media. So currently I have three websites <laughs> and the websites are the same for 
Instagram and Facebook. DawnMRivers.com is my website. That's my Instagram handle as well as Facebook. Um, Daybreak.yoga. So www.daybreak.yoga is our website. Daybreak.yoga is our Instagram and our Facebook. And then yogisofcolor.com. Same thing on Instagram and Facebook. I started Yogis of Color after I had gone to my first yoga retreat. It was a women of color yoga retreat in Atlanta. Changed my whole um, teaching style. And that's one of the ways that I said when I went out and saw, I was like, oh, I got to do better. So I created Yogis of Color in Cleveland. We're having our first yoga festival. To my knowledge, it's the first festival featuring yoga practitioners, wellness, um, people of color. So everyone is going to be a person of color. It's open to all. It's June 18th here in the greater Cleveland area. And I'm excited about that. I have a yoga retreat in June at in Puerto Rico. And we still have spaces for that. We have a women of color yoga retreat every year in September. And I'm launching, relaunching my business of yoga. So I use the tenets of um, the yoga sutras, yamas and niyamas to build an ethical yoga practice and um, wellness business. So that's that. And then, of course, because this is how my brain works, I'll be launching my 300 hour training starting in January. (laughs) You you don't have anything going on in the next few months yeah right well you know folks have been asking me this since um 2020 I've had I'm on my fourth cohort and um other people have even said whenever you do your 300 hour let me know and I was like I don't know my gosh and this is so cool and I know it's a woo-woo thing but because I'm weird like that other people listening will get it I went to a sound bath in Washington, D.C. this past weekend with my daughter. And while I was there, I got the whole exact plan for my 300-hour training while at the sound healing. Everything was like, and I was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. the rest of the weekend, I was writing down things, um, the modules, uh, the ideas for this and that, and just all the components. So um, I have to do a few more things uh, because I am Yoga Alliance um, certified, I guess, registered. I I just have to submit that to them and uh, be ready to launch it probably this fall uh, so people can register for next next year. Wow, congratulations on everything that you're doing. (laughs) just absolute magic. And if you had not found that Rodney Yee VHS tape, mm-hmm. <laughs> just where would you be? So I'm just, I'm glad that and we I got have done chat. some training with Rodney Yee as well, because I had to, you had to, of I course, he's, to. <laughs> as you said, he's the OG, like you've got to, got to have mm-hmm. some of him and he's your teacher. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm always so like, cool. wow. Yeah. There are some really cool people out here doing amazing things. I highly recommend now with the pandemic um, changing how we connect because like you and I, look at us, we're on Zoom. Um, There are ways to take trainings and to be in space, not necessarily physically, that is coming back, but to be in space with amazing teachers that prior to you never could have been before. Like I've been on trainings with people, gurus from India, like, whoa, I've met people across the United States that I never would have thought. Um, And some of us, like Sienna Sherman is one of my teacher friends. And when we finally met in person last year, she was like, this is our first time meeting. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, because we had been in conversation for so long and it's, it's just so cool. There's so many folks out here take advantage of, um, not just like YouTube, but actually getting online and having conversations with people. That's community again. That's they yoga, even though they're global international yoga teachers out here, they're still people. They still are people and they, they want to know that 
they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're doing their calling. Um, when you show up, they get excited. One of my teacher friends, her name is um, uh, Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts. And I used to <laughs> love her <laughs> stuff. And she was like, oh my God, Dawn, you're here again. Because I was like, what's well, only a plane right away? <laughs> so cool. But That's you know, so like cool. she would, she would look up and be like, yeah, there she is. And you don't know who's, whose heart you're touching. That's true. That's true. You know, there's been so, so many just tragic things over yes. the past few years. And then there's also some bright spots Yeah. and we should, you know, take advantage of the ability to expand our knowledge, grow our communities way beyond the bounds of our, the little car drives that we make to our studios. You know, it's, it's so much easier to do that. And I'm just so glad that this conversation gets got to be a part of that. So I'm Thank glad you. to meet you. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me too. And oh. I got to use my new pink microphone. Everybody. Yes. Everybody who's listening is missing the pink microphone. So, <laughs> well, this is so great. Thank you so much again. It's just been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. My pleasure. Wasn't that such a great chat? I absolutely loved Dawn and I loved getting to know all the things that she experienced throughout her yoga journey and building her business. And I love how generous she is with peeking behind the curtain and showing us it's not, it's not all sunshine and rainbows when we're building this business. It's, it's a difficult task. And I love that she shared that with us because I know that each one of you that is listening today got a ton out of it just as I did. So go follow Dawn over on Instagram. It's Dawn M Rivers and daybreak.yoga at daybreak.yoga on Instagram. If you want to hang out with her, send her a DM. If you heard her on this show and let her know how incredible she is. I would love for you to connect with her. And I know she'd love to connect with you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll catch you on the next one. Take care till then. Thanks for listening to the marketing off the mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone you know who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Marketing Off The Mat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.